0: Hi, this is Mark Wade, writer of Daredevil, and you're listening to Longbox Heroes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 478 of Longbox Heroes, the Lamborghini of comic book podcasts. I'm Todd, along with Joe. How are we doing today, Joe?
1: I'm doing the vroom vroom motorcycle motion because that's how you do a Lamborghini, right?
0: Yes, I'm sure Lamborghini motorcycles make that sound. I don't know. There yes. might there might be Lamborghini motorcycles. I don't know.
1: That's out of that's out of our pay grade.
0: That's right. I hope they the cars split into two and become one Lamborghini becomes two Lamborghini motorcycles, kind of like the Bat Pods.
1: Oh yes, that would be great. And I have to commend you for always remembering to say the Lamborghini thing. I because you
0: never remember. Yes, that's why I do it. I also know who goes for who goes what week we do this show. I got a lot of I got a lot of
1: post-its up here, but then I have a kid who comes in and messes <laughs> with them, so He
0: gets his dirt and cookies all over your post-its.
1: He certainly does.
0: Uh, so would you like to know what's on the show this week, Joe?
1: I would like to know what's on the show this week, Todd.
0: Yes. Uh, certain companies' announcement of trades and cancellations. Also, some interesting Stargirl TV show news. And uh, what's up with piracy, Joe? We'll get into that. Um, Who
1: are these people? I mean,
0: <laughs> how could you
1: read a comic with an eye patch? I um, mean.
0: Is that Seinfeld? Wow. It was like he was here. That's right. Uh, also,
1: no uh, listen, I, I uh, go the full ring, range of things. If I'm going to have celebrities on the show, I'm not going to do cheap imitations of them. I'm actually going to get the real celebrities to be on the show, I guess.
0: That's right. You're going to warm up the blower and get in contact.
1: That's um, right.
0: Also, con news, uh, free digital books and sales. What we read last week, which was the question the death's of Vic Sage number one, Absolute Carnage number five, and Immortal Hulk twenty seven. What we're looking forward to this week, I believe we have an art attack or two, and also at the end of the show there will be spoiler filled talk of the f- newest episode of Flash and The Mandalorian. And I have some some Arrow tidbits for Joe for you, Joe too.
1: So oh, good. So um, let's start off. Let's start off with the Stargirl thing. Okay, So I saw this come across the uh, news wire, if you will, mm-hmm. and they said that with the Stargirl TV show that's going to be on the DC Universe streaming service, that shortly thereafter, DC Universe has struck a deal with the CW to air Stargirl after the episodes go live on the streaming service.
0: Right. And CW being a free service on cable means you'll be able to see Stargirl without paying for the DC Universe service, mm-hmm. which I find very interesting because why would you give away? I don't know. Is this, is this a giveaway to try like the first taste is free kind of a deal or is this uh, like we're giving up the ghost and we're going to go be part of that HBO Max or whatever that there rumors that everything is going over? I don't know. I think this does not bode well for the DC Universe streaming uh, thing. What do you think? It's
1: it's not airing over the air on the CW, but it is going to air on like all CW digital platforms. Right. But that's still free, right? That's still free, but it's a day later.
0: Oh, no, I have to wait a day and not pay?
1: I don't know about that. Right. Now, I know the Harley Quinn animated thing just came out uh, this past weekend on the DC Universe uh, streaming thing. Right. And that one, uh, you know, I see is talked about a little bit on online. People seem to enjoy it. Uh, you know, I see people have already changed their avatars to things from that show. Mm-hmm. So do you feel that this is DC not having faith in the service altogether or just in Stargirl in particular? You know, Stargirl, the thing that ruined Doomsday Clock. (laughs) Right. Ruined it or made it better. Um,
0: I look at it as I think it's a little from column A, a little from column B. I think uh, that Stargirl, you know, that... I, I don't know why moving it over, but I definitely think it's not the faith in the in the in the streaming because I do believe that they have bigger fish to fry with that whatever that WB HBO Plus thingy is that that's where the money is. So, and I'm actually surprised. That I'm not. I mean, I'm not surprised they didn't do it with uh, Harley Quinn because I think it was too late and that's more adult oriented as the Harley Quinn cartoon. So I don't know if you want to give that out on this, the free streaming services.
1: That's true. That's true. So you would think they would have done this maybe with Swamp Thing to help Swamp Thing out a little bit. Um, But I I get what you're saying, that those shows are a little bit more adult. Is this the first original content that isn't, I guess, directly adult or expressly adult? Right. I
0: don't know, because they had Titans.
1: Right, and and that had swears and murder in it.
0: Right. And then there was the Doom Patrol one, which I know... I did not see. So I don't know how adult that one was. So I guess this is probably the one that's the most kid friendly. And now that I think about it, maybe that's the reason they're trying to put it out there. So for more people to see, to maybe bring people in, that could be a third reason. I don't know.
1: Right. So it'll be very interesting to see if this is like a one off of them doing just the star girl show, because it is, The more people-friendly one, and it's not, you know, full of swears and murder. Right. Unless it is full of swears and murders, and we just don't know yet.
0: I hope Stargirl's running around people, murdering people with the cosmic rod.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Because we need more blonde-haired, blue-eyed teenage girl murderers. You know what? That is
0: a niche that's not filled, I think. That's right. So, hopefully we'll get that. With their robot sidekicks named Stripe,
1: mm-hmm. so we'll see how that goes. Speaking of DC mm-hmm. and some of their decisions, uh, we had actually talked uh, a couple episodes ago in regards to the New Age of Hero stuff that spun out of the Dark Knight's <laughs> metal books, right? And how they're now all officially canceled.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, DC decided to go us one better. And cancel the final trade of Damage, which was one of the New Age of Heroes books.
0: That's not one of them you were looking forward to, so I have to listen to you complain till the end of time?
1: Well, you don't have to listen to me complain until the end of time, but you do have to listen to me complain about putting out... DC's got to be DC, and put out the first two trades of something, and then cancel the third trade of something.
0: Right, well, you know, not everything's been completely traded out there, so I don't know. Bet you there's some gaps in stuff. I don't know. I always laugh. I'm like, if it's not selling, why keep trading it?
1: Right. Like, if you canceled the book early, don't even put it out in trade. Like, you've already proven to the world that there's no market for this book. Right. And now, all of a sudden, you're going to hope that there's an aftermarket for this book? Let the market dictate to you what you trade and what you don't trade. And what? if you do decide... We're going to collect this canceled book. We're going to collect the first run and we're going to collect the second run. Once you get the second one and the third one wraps everything up, I think you should just bite the bullet and put the third one out.
0: Sure. It's not your money. No, it's no one's money. Apparently printing that book up. You're going to pay for it. You're going to lose
1: money. Then the company's not going to lose money. They already they already lost money in the 16 issues of the previous book. I'm sure they lost money on the second trade and they already lost money in the first trade. It was only a way that they knew ahead of time that there was no interest in this book. Maybe when issue 1 came out no one cared.
0: You don't know any of that that they lost money. They probably made money on the on the individual issues cuz it ran then it ran what? 16 18 18 issues. issues yeah 16 issues six it doesn't run 16 issues if it doesn't make money it gets take exhibit a inferior five okay so it had to make money for a little bit to let it go to 16 or they would have chopped it at six that's true you know, like the famously, as you say, is one of my favorite quotes of you from the team that brought you the first book canceled in the New 52 <laughs> when they did uh whatever it was like after OMAC. It's like OMAC oh, that didn't sell in New 52 it ran six issues. Let's get it out of here. Those are the books that don't make any money. If they kind of make money. All right. I could even see if maybe they break even. They're like, let's give this book a chance because DC has that history of like giving the little book that could a chance to me as we're at marvel's too quick to to, you know to pull out the 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 hook and get rid of everybody but dc will give it a try but to go 16 i feel like those first 12 broke even made money and then you're like all right well let's do a trade maybe there's some people who who trade weight but you know i don't know i'm i'm playing devil's advocate a little bit and i do believe a little bit of what i'm saying
1: yeah you you have no real Listen, I'm still smarting when they stopped uh, the collection of Rebels all those years ago.
0: Yes. And they, but they finally got around it. Did they give you your final Hitman to, be, to quiet you up years ago? They did, and then they tried to reprint it, and then it became right. a greatest hits of Hitman or
1: something. Yes. Oh, so DC. So speaking of DC and their trade policy, <laughs> as we've addressed on the show this year... We were wondering why all these different things were being canceled and resolicited and all this other stuff. And just as current as Damage Volume 3 has been canceled, DC has also announced their slate of Omnibuy for 2020. Ooh, Omnibuy. And it's littered with stuff that's already in print,
0: mm-hmm. such
1: as Absolute Swamp Thing by Alan Moore Volume 2. Superman, The Man of Steel by John Byrne, Volume 1. Absolute Fourth World by Jack Kirby, Volume 2. Or Volume 1, rather. I'm putting you down for two of those. (laughs) Legion of Superheroes, The Silver Age, Volume 3. Infinite Crisis, Omnibus. Batwoman, Omnibus. The Spectre, Bronze Age, Omnibus. Green Arrow by Mike Grell, Omnibus, Volume 1. Preacher, The 25th Anniversary, Omnibus, Volume 1. JLA by Grant Morrison, Omnibus, Deadman by Neil Adams, Omnibus, Legion of Superheroes, Five Years Later, Omnibus, and Justice League International Volume 2, Omnibus. Ah,
0: so are you asking me, what were you asking me about this?
1: So, every single one of these things are in print or have been in print in some way, shape, or form. We discussed during the course of this year that the reason certain things were getting solicited and canceled was because they were printing redundancies, that there were already many of these things in print already. Okay, now,
0: the Swamp Thing one, I have a question. That's just Absolute Volume 2, right?
1: It says Allen Moore Swamp Thing Absolute Volume 2.
0: Right, which is the sequel to the Absolute Volume 1 that came out. Right. So that one's going to come out. Because they 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 will not stop doing absolutes because the second they don't complete an absolute, that's their that's the Labourgani of collections. Oh you you do not you will lose people. Like they I can't imagine they sold a ton of transmetropolitans, but they did all three in absolute format. They've done every every one that they've done. Now granted there's a few that they haven't finished, like why the last man still they're going through them. They they do one every like two years. But if that one's slated, and I believe that one will come out. I think some of the other, if it's an absolute, there's a fourth world one that'll come out. Um, those omnibus, the Bronze Age Specter, I'm not sure of because the Bronze Age, it'll get that will get solicited as is. It will be, you know, a couple weeks, and then they'll go, we're gonna cancel it, take the Bronze Age off it, and then resolicit it. I don't even know why the Bronze Age is on that. Because right. we've Because they've we've done seen, that
1: before where they've canceled something to take Bronze Age or Silver Age off the trade dress.
0: So then that one will come out. The rest, there's a lot of redundancies except for Justice League International Volume 2, which I don't think most of was ever in trade, to tell you the truth, at any point. But I'm hoping they get all the pages right and all the uh, word balloons filled with words um, and not that words, but actual oh. verbal words, um, because the first one was a mismatch of mistakes. And I'm still trying to get a fixed copy of the first uh, um, Justice League omnibus, international omnibus. <sighs> I'm
1: getting tired. So, it's not clear as to what exactly is in Volume 2. Like, a lot of them will say, um, you know, collects this to this. You know, like, Legion of Superheroes five years later says, um, you know, it's like an issue of Superman, uh, Legion of Superheroes 1 through 39, uh, materials from Who's Who one eleven, 11, you know, 13, 14, 16... Uh, Legion Annuals one through three, and the Timberwolf miniseries. You know what I mean? Very oh specific things that are included in that, right? Right. Whereas the Justice League International, it's like, oh, it's new. You know, it just like generic solicit text doesn't say what's collected in it, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And like, I think that's and then like the you know, I would assume the Justice League Grant Morrison one. That's all the that's the whole thing, right? It's the omnibus. But you were saying, uh, that the Justice League International stuff has not been in print. Didn't they recently, and I say recently within the last couple of years, do those like hard covers that were on the newsprint? Yes, but
0: they were all up to a certain point. Right, right. They were all up to a certain point, which I have the Justice League Omnibus uh, Volume One in my uh, in front of me, and that does uh, Justice League uh, One to and it turns to international into America One to thirty plus a couple annuals and Justice League Europe One to six, and those were all what were traded, which I believe leads up to like the Teasdale Imperative and other stuff, and that's where. Anything that was a trade or hardcover in the past years ends. So this volume two is going to be all stuff that I know for a fact. I don't, because if they had copies of trades or hardcovers, I would have them. So this is going to be new material reprinted, if that makes any sense.
1: Okay, so of these 13, how many do you say c print? Okay,
0: right now, I said, though, anything that's an absolute. So that's one two. Uh,
1: the, I'm going to say, uh, six. Now, see, I was being a little bit more generous. I was going to say eight are going to see print.
0: Right. I don't have the list in front of me, so I'm going by memory. So
1: I think the Justice League one will come out.
0: Which Justice League one? Justice League International. All right. Because there was a Morrison one. That's why I'm asking.
1: Right. I think the two Legion one. Well, no. Okay. So I think the Legion five years later will come out. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think the Dead Man One's going to come out.
0: Neil Adams, that'll yeah. come out because it'll be recolored by Neil Adams' kid. That'll definitely get made. Hmm. Because that's the new thing—is like to keep Neil happy, they re- they let his son recolor everything, and it looks terrible.
1: That Spectre Bronze Age one definitely ain't coming out. I can't see that Infinite Crisis one coming out, but I could be wrong about that. The the Legion Silver Age one ain't coming out. And outside of the two copies you're getting, I don't think that absolute fourth world by Jack Kirby is coming out either. <laughs> oh
0: my goodness. That's an absolute? That'll come out. You think so? Yes, they've never solicited an absolute and not made it. Never.
1: Well, we are going to revisit this a year from now to see which of these actually come out.
0: Okay. Put him up on the post its, Joe, and yep. keep your kid's grubby hands away from him.
1: I'm going to hide that one.
0: Uh, your kid? Yeah. Okay. Just put him in the closet. You're like.
1: So, last but not least, was as it is uh, regularly coming up as a talking point in the world of comics and pretty much anything, is uh, piracy in comics. Uh, I guess Donnie Cates recently took to twitter to talk about um you know people who were like straight up saying to him that like yeah i pirate your comics and he was kind of going into the whole thing of saying like okay that's stealing and then a lot of other creators came in mostly on the side of his that you know stealing is bad Mm -hmm. (laughs) and there were a few outliers just kind of being the contrarian opinion because that's what people do and then I saw some other folks, maybe in the industry, maybe have made their name in the industry and are kind of, you know, made their money and they were kind of poking fun at Donny Cates and a lot of the other folks that were saying like, Hey, stop stealing our stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. I look at it as I okay. Piracy is bad. I totally 100% get it. Yep. But I, th- I think, A lot of these, I think a lot of these people go like, well, I'm losing sales. I'm like, all right, maybe you are, but it's not the percentage that you think you are. I think if we found a way tomorrow to block piracy from the people who are reading comics pirated, they will not go into comic shops or Comicsology or uh, bookstores and buy those comics. The only reason they are doing it is because it's free. They're cheap and they don't want to do it. They're not comic fans that are like, oh well, you know what? Maybe I'll buy a couple of comics and I'll, you know, and I'll just, I'll just pirate the rest of these. No, they only have so much money, and they're gonna pirate the rest because it's free. Now, now granted, if we got rid of, maybe you get a bump in your sales because there are a few people who would, but I think it, there's a real misunderstanding of what you know piracy is. It's just people who don't want to buy things
1: because it costs them money. Would you agree? Yes, and I think it's less that it costs them money and it's more the ease of it. If Mm -hmm. you made getting your comic digitally as easy as it is for someone to steal something, Mm -hmm. then they, you know, would maybe take that one extra step. I'm not saying buy your entire catalog. They're still primarily going to steal just because it's easier that way. Mm -hmm. But if You know, DC had everything that everyone was looking for up on their digital service, or Marvel had everything up there on their digital service, whatever it was, and made it easy. Mm -hmm. I think less people would steal. But as you mentioned, I don't think it's as much as you say. There was an issue that happened with a wrestling company that's... And I'll just say, I'm not going to cast dispersions on that part of the company that's no longer in business that did a digital stream and claimed that over a hundred thousand people pirated their show. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you look at how many people allegedly bought their show and how many people were allegedly talking about their show live using their hashtags, they greatly inflated all of those numbers. Okay. And I and I think a lot of people who get things stolen from them like to inflate that number but you could find if I'll just say this I pay for all of my comic books I do too We Todd and I are on a list of various publishers where we get review copies of various things
0: mm-hmm.
1: I would say 99% of the stuff that we get for free I still buy Uh
0: I wouldn't say 99% Okay I'm not saying I steal any of it, but I don't. Wait, we, already I have don't it.
1: we already have it for free given to us by the publisher.
0: Okay. I didn't know what you meant. I'm like, okay, what I, I'm I, saying
1: I, is we, okay, we get on Fridays, we get a list of all the image books that are coming out that following Wednesday. Right. And I would say out of that list, 99% of them, I still go and buy on a Wednesday. Hmm. Of the stuff that I get, which isn't a ton
0: okay, of the, Right, like if I If I buy a sender It's free on the digital I love Jeff Lemire and Dustin Wynn right. I, I do, I buy a sender Every month when it comes out Okay, now I get what you're saying When you said I thought you meant You buy 99% of what image puts out no. like, That number doesn't seem right in my head But okay, sorry no. just, the way, just the way you worded it, confused Todd but yeah, I'm that way. If, if, if DC comped us or Marvel comped us, um, I probably wouldn't like, cause that's a lot more stuff. I buy a ton of DC, but for the most part, like if it's a creator or a character that I lo- that I love, like flash, I'm going to buy regardless, which I've been told by an editor is to, to my detriment. Um, He's like, because you might want to stop buying it when it's bad and then we'll change things. It's like, yeah, I want my full collection of flash, but like other stuff that'll, <laughs> It'll be like you know Ed Brubaker if he was working. Jason Aaron, Jason Aaron gets most of my money. Even if I was getting comped copies, I would still be like, you know what? I want Thor, I want King Thor, I want Conan. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm I love digi- uh, or I'm actually anti digital comp, not anti, but I don't like digital comics compared to you know in your hand copies. And so pirating, even you know, pff, if I don't like, if I'm not big on digital pirate piracy is even harder <laughs> you know
1: what I mean? now like, i will say this i'm not going to say that i've never pirated a comic because i have but the times that i've pirated a comic were when i had to read something for the book for the show mm-hmm. i already paid for my copy of it right and i forgot to bring it with me or you know we do our tu- we do our tuesday morning email and you're like oh hey i read this let's talk about it i'm like i don't have it on my person I can Correct. get it. I already have it at the house. Well, I and, and haven't and that, read it yet, but I need I, to read it right now.
0: I agree with you. It would be like I have... I actually have four or five floppy issues of Justice League number one, the international run. Mm-hmm. I have that in trade. I have that in hardcover. I have that in omnibus. I have it in the various printings of the trades with different covers. You know what? If I... If I feel like reading it on my Kindle with my handy holder and I just just pirate it, to me, you've gotten my my money seventeen times over. So mm-hmm. I think that's different. But there's also a great joke that I love by Janine Garofalo, who talks about pirating music. And they're like, they're like, oh, you just you would just pirate music. You would just steal music. Would you steal a car? If I could walk up to a, a brand new car touch that car and make an exact copy of that car while leaving that car behind yes i would steal a car <laughs> and i was like hmm that's not a that's an interesting joke but uh yeah it's i have i have my copies so i would never uh you know i don't consider it i have sandman 70 different ways maybe i if i need to read an episode of sandman like we did for uh uh have it joe at todd and joe have issues. I, I pirated it so I could read it at work real quick, because I didn't want to bring the $100 copy with me to work. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I don't know. And, I think... and I'll
1: even go as far as this. And I'm sure, and again, I'm not, you know, obviously I don't know. No one has expressly told me, you know, hey, I'm a listener to the show and I steal all my comics. There are ways to get comics for rel- for free or relatively cheap. Um. You know, we, we talked before about the Marvel Unlimited thing, if you're okay with the six months behind, the DC Universe or the Comixology Unlimited things. But because Comixology is an Amazon Prime or an Amazon company, if you have Amazon Prime, you're already paying for that, you get Comixology Unlimited. Right. You may not even know that you get it because they don't advertise it as much. Mm-hmm. You know, you could do that. Um, You know, we have listeners that comment in the comment section that they access Hoopla, which is something that you get through your library. Uh, You sign up at your local library for a library card. And with that, you could then sign up for Hoopla, which has tons of stuff day and date that it comes out from most of the major independent companies. Like Mm -hmm. not Marvel, not DC, but pretty much everyone else is on Hoopla. So I mean, if you really feel you need to keep up with comics, there are legal free and cheap ways to do it.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, library is a great source. I mean, we love Jimmy Palmiotti, and he's always pushing that like, you know, like to, 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 to try stuff. There's ways, there's ways to to do it and there's ways not to do it. I don't know. Like I said, I, I don't know. Piracy's not, not, a, not good for the industry, but, one like i said in the beginning i'll end it with it a lot of people are just pirate well well, if they could stop pirating tomorrow would not pay for books
1: right they would just never read a comic ever
0: they would go off and pirate tv or music or whatever any entertainment you know right the
1: next the next thing not saying that's good or bad but it is what it is right so i think that's all the news a yes it is okay so We are upon the holiday season. It is getting to be Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving Eve, as you're listening to this, probably. So there's actually not a ton of conventions going on this weekend. Mm. Um, The only convention is actually happening in another country. Let's go. Uh, The dope that I am when I saw it on the list of things. There's a bunch of smaller conventions, um, you know, that... Either have like some sort of website that doesn't work, or a Facebook page, or whatever <laughs> it is. So it's tough for me to get information about them. And I always like to point out the ones where like creative creators are going to be at, or like weird people, you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And as I was doing my notes, I see Athens Con. I'm like, oh, Athens, Georgia. And I click on it. And I'm like, oh no, Athens, Greece.
0: Ah, yes.
1: <laughs> so, uh, and if you are going to be in uh, Athens, Greece for the holiday, you can go to the Athens Comic Con. And you can meet uh, such luminaries of the comic book world as Chris Claremont, Gail Simone, Kieran Gillen, and Giuseppe Camoncoli.
0: Uh, I'm going to guess this your...
1: he's, he may be local.
0: Right. Um, now, is that our retirement grease or a different type of grease?
1: No. It's like, okay. uh, I, I can't remember the joke to say from that episode. Mm-hmm that Willie was saving it for his retirement and over stealing it i know i know what right. you're talking about it's with the simpsons right. yeah. it's been a long time since we've gone down a real good simpsons jag on the show
0: that is true i never watched jag when it was on tv though but that was a a, a navy uh crime procedural
1: doesn't that star david didn't it star david allen greer as well or he was in the cast
0: he might have been i don't know I think he might have
1: been so there's only that convention. It'll be in the show notes along with Soon to Be Named Network at Soon to Be Name Network.com, Soon to Be named Network. Um, All the shows in the network, everyone who's putting stuff out, everybody's schedules are all me- mixed up. Uh, I know Wednesday at War had a Sunday episode come out to talk about what? the pay-per-views this past weekend, yes, and their, their episode this week is also going to be early. I think they're gonna like live watch the two wrestling shows and then roll that out like Wednesday night into Thursday morning. Uh, Puzzle Warriors Three, Profane Arguments. Of course, these shows: Long Box Heroes, Long Box Heroes After Dark. I'm still up in the air of what's going on with uh, Add Ons with Wrestling this week. If you listen to this week's show, you'll know what's going on. But uh, I, I, I got some feelers out. We'll see how things go as uh, we get closer to us recording Thursday night on that.
0: I missed last week's episode, so you'll have to tell me what you're talking about.
1: Well, I was going to say, you've missed the previous sixty five episodes, so why catch up now, really?
0: Exactly.
1: But like I said, all those will be in the show notes. Uh, Link to Soon to Be Name Network, Soon to Be Name Network.com, Soon to Be Name Network.tumblr.com. And anytime anybody else shows up on any of the other shows, we always put the stuff up there as well. Uh, Also over in the show notes is going to be the digital sales and freebies. I think freebies are done as we were just talking about free (laughs) books and cheap books. Cheap books is what we're looking at here. Uh, DC is having a March to Black Friday sale. that's only good for about two days. Usual Suspects, lots of new stuff. Dark Knight Returns, Batman Year One. (laughs) Yay! Uh, Titan is having a sale on Tank Girl stuff. And Dark Horse is having a line-wide sale. I think that's one of those weird sales where you need to put the coupon code in to get your half price off thing. No, actually, it's not. It's one of the rare times where they're doing it. You don't have to put no code. But as we're recording this, as I'm sure we get to Black Friday, um, Buying Stuff Weekend, and Cyber Monday. I don't know what the names of these things are. You're going to see more and more digital sales popping up. Um, But also this Saturday is like, what is it called? Local, like local business day or something. I believe so. Yes. Right. So be sure to check out your local comic book stores on Saturday um, to see what sort of deals they're going to be doing. Small business Saturday. I think it is actually, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, that's what it's called. There you go. My mind doesn't work so good sometimes, but sometimes I just rattle it around and it shakes out. Uh, but as we're talking about digital sales and freebies, Comixology is doing a deal uh, where every day, I don't know how long they're doing it for, uh, just a daily mystery doorbuster deal. Uh, new thing is going up every uh, night. Yesterday, Monday's deal was the first trade of Immortal Hulk, one of the better comic book series to come down the pike in recent memory, the first trade of that for 99 cents. The current deal is the first trade of Greg Ruckett's Stumptown for 99 cents. These are great deals on great comic books. They led with a home run with uh, Immortal Hulk first trade, but be sure to check back every day to see if something is up there, uh, presumably for 99 cents for a trade.
0: Uh, Doorbusters, more like Hulkbuster.
1: Oh, boy. Yeah. Yep, yep. So, uh, like I said, that's really all we got. I still have the running list of the freebies that are left. Hmm. So let's get into uh, what we read from this past week. Where would you like to begin, Mr. Todd?
0: I would like to start with the question, The Deaths of Vic Sage, uh, written by Jeff Lemire and art by Dennis Cohen, which was inked by Bill Sienkiewicz. Um, This is a story about the question uh, on a case that involves, like, a you know, prostitution and a, and a child. You know, prostitution ring, and he busts it up, and he finds out that the person at the at the ring is involved with an old friend of his and her uh, brother, who's the mayor. Uh, so he goes to see her and asks, like, do you know that your brother? is on the take and he's dirty. And she's like, I don't know. I'll have to look into this. Um, While that's going on, uh Vic Sage, who's also the question is looking in to a symbol that he found on one of the rings that uh, the, the person was there. And he ends up finding like a history of it. And it takes him to a place that looks like they were doing uh like, I don't know, like sacrifices or something. And he finds evidence that there were other, Maybe there were other questions before him that he doesn't remember or uh, he's not 100% sure. We're not 100% sure. So he goes to his mentor... Uh, Richard dragon, who was the guy who trained him in Zen and martial arts. And he helps him through like series of giving him ingesting stuff. He starts to see visions of maybe when he was a kid that there was another question. I'm not 100% sure on all that, but uh, I was a big fan of the original question run and that was drawn by Dennis Cohen and Bill Sienkiewicz. So the look of it, I'm absolutely enamored with because I'm a big fan of that run. And now I kind of want to buy a page uh, from this and the story is very much like it's Zen influenced and a lot of other stuff like the original run that was written by uh Denny O'Neill. So I really enjoy that uh, though. I'm not sure where this takes place. Cause I see a couple of tweaks in the past, the the sister of the mayor they were actually married so i'm not sure if this is a reboot or what but it it feels very much like those old stories but there are some tweaks but i don't know if that's gonna be answered when we find out who the other question is or questions um but i really enjoyed this and because it brought back a feeling of nostalgia from the artwork alone never mind the story uh Knowing that you've never read Question, I'm curious to take your your take on it, going in cold, if you know what I mean.
1: No, I I liked it. I, I did read some of the stuff because they did put some of that stuff out in trade, and I do have those. Oh,
0: okay. I thought you never read it at all. I'm sorry.
1: No, no. I read them, and I was very much uh, looking forward to this coming out. It's Jeff Lemire. It's, you know, it's exactly what a Question series should be. And you hit all the main points, of course. I will say uh, I liked the more detectivey stuff, and less the spiritually zen stuff,
0: which was the heart of the book back then. I thought
1: right, and and while that is the heart of the book, I like I like a crime book more than I like a spiritual thinky piece. Fair enough. See, I like
0: I like the mix. I'm I'm a. I'm a big fan of the mix, and I think they did well with this. And like I said, all the old characters are there, and so like Tot, who I didn't mention, he was the guy who invented the mask and the the the, the gas that adheres it to his face, and it also changes the color of the suit, so it's a nice touch. Um, All that, you know, I, let's just say, like I said, it was a nice trip down memory lane with this.
1: Again, enjoyable. I liked it a yes. lot. I would recommend it uh, if you're a fan of the old question stuff or you know, just like a good crime book. I thought right. it would be good. You know, the oversized thing, uh, you know, I know it's part of the black label, so we get to throw a couple swears in there. Right. And I don't think, and while I did like the art, uh, Denny Cowan's art, um, I don't feel as though it needed the oversized. Uh, I know that you were saying like, oh, you want to go buy a page. But I'm like, nah, this would have read fine just in a regular sized comic.
0: No, I like it bigger. Sometimes I'm not a fan of the bigger, like oversized stuff of the black label sometimes because it's like now I have like seven oversized copies of something and I right. don't know what to do with them. But I do. I am a fan of those old uh, treasury editions. So this is like, you know, this is like the younger cousin of the treasury edition. So I'm just hoping we go bigger till we actually get treasury sized edition books again.
1: Gotcha. So uh moving on to the book that I was most looking forward to, Absolute Carnage number five, written by Donnie Cates, uh with art by Ryan Stegman and some bits by Mark Bagley. Um Spoilers Venom kills Carnage to save his son. That's okay. pretty much all that happens in this.
0: That will have bad ramifications apparently.
1: Right, it will, okay, it'll have bad ramifications, Carnage kind of sets things up to make Venom make the decision of kill your son to save the world, or kill me and and ruin the world, because Noel is on his way and Eddie Brock Venom decides, I'm gonna save my son kills Carnage, I'm sure he'll be dead for sure, for real, forever this time
0: mm-hmm. I don't
1: know if you can see me winking into the microphone me, God. I was I was
0: shocked when they announced that there might be more to this amazing selling miniseries.
1: <laughs> that there was going to be a sequel. I was like, "This didn't end, shocker!" Right? And whether we knew that ahead of time or not, this did not have the finale, uh, the finality, the gravity of something the big crossover should have had. I In would time- agree. Yeah, kind of ended with a whimper than like a roar. And I know we're getting more out of Venom. Shriek is getting their own <laughs> miniseries spun off. And as Todd mentioned, they've already planned a sequel for this.
0: Right. We need kid Venom. When's that kid getting a, Ven- a, a symbiote?
1: No, he has the thing inside of him. He, right. He
0: but, but now he has a puppy Venom, you know, or a cat Venom.
1: Everybody's a Venom at this point, Todd.
0: But, Joe, if everybody's a Venom, is anybody a Venom?
1: That's true. Like, well, I don't know. It was Every- fine. It kind of just, like I said, it's, it was just more of the Donnie Cates Venom that I've been enjoying. Like I said, it, it was hyped as this big event, even by me. I was excited for this.
0: Mm-hmm. And I
1: may have overhyped it to myself because it was just kind of like, it ended. It's over. All right. But moving it- on
0: but it didn't end. And that was my biggest gripe. But anyway, let's right. move on. And that's the
1: thing. It didn't end. It's still. Yeah. But, so, so the other book that we need to discuss, which is going to, which is going to open myself up to, I don't know what we're going to find out here shortly. Right. Is immortal Hulk. Number 27. Uh, written by Al Ewing with art by Joe Bennett. Um, I don't know, we didn't talk about it on the show, but I know the story had come up recently uh, that Joe Joe Bennett's son had passed away, which is why there had been more fill-ins on some of the other Immortal Hulk books. Right. Uh, Very tragic story, very touching uh, tribute that Joe did to his son in the letters pages of one of the previous issues Mm
0: -hmm.
1: regarding all of this. So I had fallen behind famously on a lot of my books. Um, just, you know, things that get pushed to the top of the list to read. Um, I'll just kind of brush stroke this, okay? The last two issues, 26 and 27, has been Hulk versus Roxxon. If you remember Roxxon, they're the big media chemical weapons, everything conglomerate that's run by the Minotaur. If you right. remember from more recent Thor stuff, even spinning indirectly out of War of the Realms, right? Mm-hmm felt it was a lateral move for the character to continue somewhere, obviously who knows, Jason Aaron's kind of he he kind of made this new character done with the new character, he's only got one issue left on Thor Donny Cates is coming in, it looks like he's going more superhero, maybe more spacey, with his Thor great character still left in capable hands by Al Ewing Uh, I thought the two issues were great, where the Hulk, the 26 and 27, really good Mortal Hulk's really good um, how we we get a point in this issue where the Hulk is attacking a specific outpost of Roxxon. Mm-hmm. and the Minotaur is kind of and the story is being told in three pieces. We have got the top part that's the Minotaur stuff. We get the middle piece, which is the Hulk stuff, and then we have uh, the bottom piece, which is the people that are protecting uh, this specific outpost. And this outpost, and again, no spoilers, is something that when the Minotaur figures out that that's where the Hulk is attacking, he freaks out. He breaks character. He's not the cool, calm, collected half man, half beast who runs a (laughs) multimedia conglomeration that he lends himself to be. Mm -hmm. And a lot of this is the Hulk banner um, releasing stuff through the media. The media is spitting it to make the Hulk the bad guy. We've got the newspaper, the reporter, all the way back from issue one of this, who is attempting to be, like, the like using the paper that she works for as, like, the Daily Bugle as Spider-Man will have the Hulk.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know? So I guess where I'm getting to with this is... Uh, I, did you like these issues? you like this new train of uh, path, I guess, that the Hulk I is on? I
0: love- it i love 26 and 27 um i'm not big on the whole like you know uh maybe hulk i wasn't big on hulk fighting climate control kind of a deal like that that attitude you know like i'm gonna save the planet but then it was very well done you know what i mean so i'm I'm okay with it and then in this issue it we end with the reveal that like hey maybe the way everybody thinks you could take the hulk down you can't take the hulk down anymore so like once again You know, uh, Al Ewing does that, like, every once in a while. He'll give you that reveal at the end of an issue, and you're like, oh, wow, game changer. You know what I mean? Right. So there I am. I've loved, Joe, I've loved, loved, loved issues 26 and 27.
1: So as I was mentioning, I'd fallen behind on some of my books, and certain things get moved up to the top that I know that we're going to talk about. And then right before we started recording a couple weeks ago, I saw Todd had posted or tweeted or whatever he does on social media about issue 25 of the immortal Hulk. Right. So I'm like, huh, Todd didn't like it. And I don't think we'll be talking about it on the show anytime soon, but okay. I I can't read 26 and 27 without reading 25. So, you know, my, my kid's been sick. So I've been home with them and I've had free time. So I read issue 25 and Todd, I, I liked issue 25 of Immortal Hulk. What's, what's wrong with you?
0: uh wh- no it's what's right with me and what's wrong with you it was terrible okay. it was terrible it was a it was a it was a miss in a, in a run of triples and home runs that's i mean it was it I, I thought it was actually so boring that i had to tap out halfway through and i didn't i was like maybe
1: somebody will explain to me what happened okay uh, in the issue the biggest fault of the issue is is that it's a standalone issue that is completely impenetrable impenetrable to a new reader. And
0: to me as an old reader it starts out with two characters who are completely alien so I yeah. have no connection to them. They speak in one they they speak an a cute alien dialect so that has percent signs and ampersands in it right to to give you that feeling of alienness so so it you, it alienates it from you So right off the bat, you're, you're like, you're not connected to these characters in any way. And then they go into their backstory, how they're together. And I'm like, I don't care about you. Where's the Hulk? Where's the Hulk? And it's page after page after page of these things talking in their cute little dialect. I'm like, you have to hook me. You have to hook me way earlier than the Hulk shows up. Are they in the microverse? Are they at the end of time? Are they in space? I don't know. Hulk's punching planets. I'm like, this might've been cool, but you, you started with something nobody should care about.
1: Nobody. So that's where they lost me. Okay. Did you not see, even from the very beginnings of the introductions of these characters and what they were doing and all that sort of stuff, that, it was not a parallel to Krypton and the destruction of Krypton and the creation of Superman. Nope. Okay, nope. I, I was, did. I was I feel as though I got that right off the rip. That this is a, this is a planet billions of years in the future, millions of years in the future, whatever the time frame is, that knows their planet is doomed. And yes, we get a little bit of flavor of these people were together, but now they're not, but they still have to do this thing that they're brought together. And yes, the dialect a little bit getting used to, but once I was in, I was in. And then they, you know, they have the parallels to the super, you know, depending on what origin story you read of Superman, you have your birthing matrix. uh, Hmm. You have them trying to save their race by getting it off the planet before the destroyer of worlds shows up. They know it's coming. And the destroyer of worlds, or the breaker of worlds, my apologies, I say destroyer the breaker of worlds, is what the Hulk is destined to become. Become well, bigger than just a rampaging monster on Earth, but a rampaging force throughout the entire universe.
0: Which I get, because that the breaker of worlds, that was his thing all the way back to Planet Hulk and World War Hulk. Right. That's where they set all that up. But I, I don't know, maybe I just,
1: uh, whatever.
0: I don't know. I, I'm not going to say anymore i just think it was dull and And unreadable
1: and then we get the piece at the end where uh it appears as though these aliens that sent their child off to be saved is some sort of repulsive disgusting fly creature that is found by the leader so we're gonna get this come back at some point sometime in the future probably after we're done with this storyline but i thought as someone who has been reading the book for the previous 24 issues on its own may not have been the easiest thing to read but it was definitely enjoyable and an alternate take in a future tale of the hulk
0: okay so it's king hulk like king thor kind of a deal it's the end of time it's blah 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 whatever i guess i don't know Mm -hmm. i'm glad you enjoyed it joe i really am all joking aside if you enjoyed it then you got something out of it
1: i was bored to tears right but like i said usually you and i line up pretty well and when you had said you didn't like it i'm like okay well i could move that to the bottom of the pile well don't you know you don't have to kind of get kept getting pushed back and maybe because of your negativity toward it
0: maybe i went in
1: with um different eyes on it i guess
0: maybe like you said the 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 the, you know the pull i moved the goalposts on you closer so you didn't have to kick as hard there you go i
1: guess i don't know Cool beans. All right. So that's what we read from this past week. Let's get into what we're looking forward to coming out this week. If you head over to longboxheroes.com every Tuesday around 530 Eastern time or so, we put up the poll post, which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week. Whether you get your books in print, whether you get them digitally, legally, whether you get them sent (laughs) to your home legally, or whether you wait for the trades if DC publishes them. Be forewarned, (laughs) be forearmed, know what's coming out this week. Uh... I am not giving up, even though I am, uh, what am I? Nine correct guesses behind you, and there's no way that I can catch up. I'm still not giving up uh, in attempting to guess what book you're most looking forward to coming out this week. Just like you're going to try to guess what book I'm most looking forward to coming out this week,
0: right? Um, and because I went first, because I remember when, you know, I go first on the shows, so I pick. I'm going to say the book you're looking forward to most is Criminal Ten.
1: It is Criminal Number 10, a uh, book I'm most looking forward to coming out this week. And I'm going to guess the book you're most looking forward to coming out this week is John Constantine, Hellblazer Number 1. Yes. I've been enjoying that, and it's
0: a fresh take. I love Criminal. I'm with you. But uh, Hellblazer is, you know, I'm happy to see that back.
1: All right. So there we go. We got those things for sure um, to be discussing. A nice late week for me. And uh, I'll always say to Todd, I thought you were caught in some books.
0: Is it it January 1st yet?
1: Oh, you're waiting. Okay.
0: I'm waiting until Doomsday Clock comes out, and then I'm going to see where I stand. Hmm.
1: You're waiting that long, huh? We should know soon. Yeah, I think next week we'll know kind of, sort of, for sure.
0: I think it's kind of DC's hasn't given up the goat when uh, it comes to like saying the 18th and all their social media. So it's coming out.
1: All right. I'll, I'll believe it when it's in my hands. Okay. Or at least on the table at the comic book store. Right. So while you're over at longboxheroes.com, be sure to check out all the other stuff uh, that Todd and I have done, whether we past episodes of this show, past episodes of Longbox Heroes After Dark, 2017 smash sensation Todd and Joe have issues. You can also check out our store where you can purchase shirts or stickers or pins with our fancy logo on them. If you want even more fancy logos, or you want that fancy logo on more things than just shirts, stuff from soon to be named network. You want stuff of quotes from the show that we have said, whether it be fish math, as fish math season is almost upon us. Uh, when did blank become a business? <laughs> All the great lines from the show. You can get those sh- shirts over at tpublic.com, and our store for that is in the link on the website as well. Also, if you want to help us out, you can also become a Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. It can help us out, and you get some extra stuff. The rest of this year is kind of some old podcasts that I have been on of a variety of things, kind of uh, the bridge between the last episodes that we have of Three Guys From Nowhere to the birth of Weekly Longbox, then, of course, Longbox Heroes. So it's some interesting stuff there. And then 2020 is when the big stuff is going to be happening. Two Patreon-exclusive shows that you could get for a buck, or if you want early access to those and early access to Longbox Heroes After Dark, you can be a $5 patron as well. And uh, like I said, there's going to be some extra bonus material that goes along with one of those two shows. Hint, hint. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, also, you can help us out by doing your normal purchasing through a- our Amazon click-through banner across the top of the page. As I mentioned before, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, uh, Wacky Wednesday Spending. I don't know <laughs> what it's called. It's got to be called something. You know, you just can't have Black Friday and Cyber Monday, and the weekend is just the weekend. It's got to have a cute name, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Pirate Thursday.
1: Oh, boy. Careful now. We talked about that enough today, haven't we? All right. Yes. So uh some of the notable purchases for the Amazon click through this past week whoever purchases these it's time to stock up on the snack treats that they get through our Amazon click through Lay's poppables sea salt potato snacks they're not chips they're snacks mm-hmm. uh combos variety packs Keebler cookies Cheez-Its and Pringles but I have to mention this Todd they also purchased the Frito-Lay Funtime snack mix and they also purchased the Frito-Lay VP Party mix Ooh. and it's a little difficult to tell from the exterior of the box of what is the difference between the two because both come in blue tinged boxes and both people both have pictures of people having fun enjoying snacks on the boxes
0: well that's that gives it's what's on the tin you know what I mean it's all good
1: that's right Somebody also purchased a uh, Gardens of the Galaxy uh twin bedding sheet set. Somebody also purchased Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire Illustrated edition. Uh, somebody also purchased Lego Star Wars specifically from Revenge of the Sith Sith ATAP Walker. And again, I don't know the difference between AT and AP, whatever. Uh, Somebody also purchased a Step 2 Best Chef's Kitchen Play Set. That's like one of those little, like, plastic uh, things that your kids play with when they're, like, three and under. Those are really good things. My kid had one. Every kid has had a kitchen set. So it's good to get one, and especially if you're buying it through us. Mm -hmm. So, again, I do thank everyone who purchased... uh, Any time through the course of the year, uh, through our Amazon click-through, of course, even if I don't mention your purchases on air, it is duly noted, and we'd greatly appreciate it. I appreciate it, yes. So, Todd, did we have any art attacks this week?
0: We only had one, and it was yours Truly. Um, I put up, I met Stephen Byrne at New York Comic-Con. And since I love the Wonder Twins, I had to get Gleek from him in my sketchbook. It was definitely the right choice. Cause when I met him, he was at the DC booth. So I was able to get a free sketch and I was like, Zan, Jaina, you can't have Zan without Jaina. You can't have Jaina without Zan, but I'm not asking him to draw me two sketches in my sketchbook at the DC booth together. And I'm like, well, Gleek makes a nice break from that. And he's like, he's like, and I said, all day, I can't have Zan without Jana. He's like, Gleek. So Gleek was the right way to go, and so he did a nice, quick Gleek for me, and uh, I I love it. I think it's you know a beautiful, rough little sketch, but it it says Gleek. You mean you can't you know, you can't miss it. I love you know when they could do a little bit with minimal, a lot with minimal work.
1: Absolutely, and we did actually get one during the recording of the show here. Uh, oh, Jeremy deeply. Dennis, uh, Yakko with a zero dot org. On Twitter, uh, tweeted at us and at Todd's Art Attack that he forgot this sketch the Yaklet got from Chris Eliopoulos at New York Comic Con this year. Uh, the kid has most of the I Am books uh, by uh, Chris Eliopoulos and uh, Brad Melter. I think uh, Jeremy has purchased most of them through our Amazon click-through, so thank you very much for that. Um, and said that the new... Xavier Riddle and the Secret of Something Something. I don't know. It gets all cut off there. The show that's going to be on PBS is amazing. Uh, says that it's definitely a step up from Paw Patrol uh, having to watch that. And I would have to agree that with not having seen a frame of this new show and seeing too many frames of Paw Patrol in my day. Um, Xavier Riddle and the Secret Museum. My apologies. And the sketch that Chris Eliopoulos did was of his cartoony version of Jim Henson holding a little kermit, and it's a really nice sketch. And oh, I yes. like that you can see, like, the blue, like, headlines underneath the dark inked colors.
0: Right, the blue line roughs.
1: Yes, there you go. That's the blue, that's the the blue official, line roughs.
0: The official term.
1: Mm-hmm. But,
0: yeah, sorry about that. Thank you for that, Joe.
1: Yes. No, it's quite all right. I, I keep my eyes peeled during the course of the show, I, or at least I try to.
0: I When I go to it, like, because I, I retweet them all out, so I go to my feed in my like my tweets and it shows me in order what they went so i get to go through them i did not check my mentions in the last half
1: hour so oh gotcha gotcha Mm
0: -hmm.
1: i try not to be distracted during the show but sometimes i am distracted during the show
0: never not
1: you Eh, sometimes
0: i'm sorry i wasn't listening what'd you say
1: exactly so i think that's the end of the main show we're going to get into some tv talk here yes 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 we are Okay, so if you have not seen last week's episode of The Flash or the most recent episode of The Mandalorian, we bid you adieu. Thank you for listening. Episode 278, Longbox Heroes. Thanks for listening, and we're going to take a pause for the cause here. So, Mr. Todd, where would you like to begin? Let's start with The Flash. All right, The Flash, which surprised me because I thought they were off for two weeks, but I guess they were, and it just kind of caught up on me much quicker.
0: I know um, I love I loved when I told you and you like after the after we got done recording I told you and I completely shocked you. You're like, what? There's a flash episode. I'm like, yep, you might want to look into that.
1: hmm And again, I, I did uh have a lot to watch this week, but Flash was very enjoyable this week. Mm-hmm. Um a Barry and uh Ralph episode where Barry decides to screw up, I mean help Ralph on his <laughs> investigation. Um I don't mind when Barry gets to be written out of character um, and being a screw-up, because it's not so much being out of character, but he's being too impulsive and trying to do things too quickly, where not everything can be handled and fixed the Flash way.
0: Right. He's he's trying to wrap up the case so he can go you know endorse elongated man at the press conference the next day and yes. in doing so he's screwing up everything. I still like to think in this one area that Ralph is more experienced and better than Barry. So that's why I I, I look at it both ways. But I'm kind of like Ralph knew what he was doing and I like Ralph being like this is the time we do it slow and easy and he he had it down and it was a fun nod to like a bunch of james bond stuff like when he was actually like saying like oh this is james bond and he's like yeah you even have a cat and he's like doing this and then, then the one line he just straight up steel no i expect you to die and ralph just goes come on like that's literally from goldfinger <laughs> you know like as a big james bond fan i was cracking up at all the inside junk you know
1: Right, so that was your A story. I would guess your B story was the continuation of the Nash Wells stuff. And then your C story was Cecile attempting to help uh, Chester, who awakens downstairs in Star Labs, finds out that he's been pronounced dead. They help him get that fixed. And then Cecile tries to help him. The only reason I'm leaning on that storyline a little bit more is because I think the guy who plays Chester... P Runk, which is a terrible name but it's from the cop that's one of those times where a name that you give someone of the comic books when they a person in real life has that name it's just like no nah, that doesn't feel right that that that's wrong somehow i
0: love chester p Runk, but the problem is in the comic he was he was fat and they made fun of him by co- combining his name and calling him chunk and that doesn't work when you have a cool hip like you know blogger guy being chester
1: p Runk. so be that as it may, and then from there, I think uh, the guy who plays Chester is really good. I like him a lot. Um, I, I, think, I, I think he's a fun character on the show. Um, it's nice to have a new character come of the show and be excited about all the stuff instead of being like all doom and gloom and how things are terrible.
0: Right. I agree with you. I love the actor and the way he portrays Chester P. Runk on this on this show. But I'm also. Torn because I liked The character chunk. For what he was. He was a bullied you know he- overweight person. Who comes who becomes you know. Lashes out but then becomes friends. With the justice or Justice League, With flash and I kind of. L- like that character. So I like them both. But I can accept that this is. TV Chester P. Ronk and not comic book chester p ronk if that makes any sense
1: absolutely right but But i enjoyed the flash this week Uh, i'm excited to see uh where we go from here with things being uh happy and go lucky
0: yep because it's not going to stay that way long we have one more episode and then the crisis crossover
1: so i guess uh you know since we're going to talk about the mandalorian what's our arrow update that ties into the uh the dc universe cw stuff
0: that they ended up, to make a long story short, they ended up getting the plans that they needed to maybe convert antimatter stuff into a weapon that they think will take down the god slash monitor if he is evil, like they think that he maybe is. But then we find out, and this is where I feel totally stupid, is we find out that Diggle's wife, Lila, is, she, we knew that she was working for the monitor. But I did not know that she's Harbinger. Do you remember Harbinger from the Crisis on Infinite Earths? I do. Right. Her name in the comic was Lila Michaels, which is just like her name. And her name in like her code name in Argus, which was the Suicide Squad, but they can't call it that anymore, is Harbinger. And she's the Monitor's assistant. So this week I put it all together and was like, oh, my God, she's Harbinger. Uh, I should have known this for seasons to tell you the truth, Joe, but last week when she, when the monitor offered, uh, Laurel Lance from earth Two, black Canary, her planet back, she said like, all right, betray, betray Ollie and get me the plan and get the plans and sp- don't let Ollie get the plans, bring them to us. Cause we don't want them to have the weapon. And she goes, okay, I'll do it because I want my family back. But in the end she couldn't betray Ollie And she brought Team Arrow, like Ollie and Diggle's like, hey, why are you, like, you're my wife. Why are you working with the monitor? (gasps) Dun, 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 roll credits. So that's where we're at. Gotcha. God, I'm stupid
1: sometimes. (laughs) There's a lot of information to digest on these shows.
0: And when they they parcel it out, like, my name is Lila. Ten episodes later, my last name is, my maiden last name is Michaels. Ten episodes later... My code name is Harbinger. You know what I mean? Like I don't I don't retain all that because I'm watching so much. And then when they lay it all out in one episode, I'm like, "Oh my god. I should be on my game, but I'm not."
1: Oh well. It happens to the best of us, right?
0: So, now is it Mandalorian time the thing that I really want to talk about?
1: Yes. So, let me just do my uh quickie. Okay. And say Uh, this episode of The Mandalorian is, uh, The Mandalorian, I refuse to call him Mando, because that's lame, uh, brings Baby Yoda, also not his name, but we don't have a name for him yet, Right to Werner Herzog, again, it's Werner Herzog, (laughs) to do whatever Werner Herzog is gonna do, and whether it be Werner Herzog, the character he plays in the show, or real life Werner Herzog, (laughs) I wouldn't trust him alone with anyone or anything. Right? And then, as he's flying back, the Mandalorian gets sad and misses Baby Yoda, so decides to go back and get Baby Yoda, attempts to abscond with Baby Yoda, a bunch of other bounty hunters and stormtrooper types, and even Carl Weathers himself decides to stop the Mandalorian, and then all the other Mandalorians we met for the first time earlier in the episode who don't like Mandalorian decide to help Mandalorian.
0: That's a lot of Mandalorian in there.
1: It certainly is. But,
0: I loved this episode this episode was I believe from beginning to end a one of those perfect episodes and I just want to say the beginning with baby Yoda playing with the knob on the lever control in his ship becomes a thing that happens like that is used throughout the episode which absolutely is beautiful the way it's done so baby Yoda plays a thing he says it's not a toy throws it back in the crib takes him The kid goes off. He's like, he's kind of wondering what's going to happen with the baby, but he's like, ah, it's the code of the the bounty hunter. Not to ask questions. He goes back to the ship, goes to take off and the knob isn't on the lever and he puts it back on. And I get, I'm getting goosebumps just talking about this. And you're like, okay, you know, he's going to do it, but the direction of it is just like, he's like fired up the ship and he puts the knob back on and he's just like, I can't. And he just toggles all the switches down and he goes back. The battle happens. I I wasn't sure how he was going to get out of it. But when the Mandalorians come over the hill, I I like marked out. I was like, oh, my God. And then he gets away on the ship with the kid. And the kid was like reaching for the lever again. And there's, I mean, just gruff and murderous Mandalorian just goes, just unscrews the knob and just drops it in his hand. And I'm like. This it was just perfect in in the execution, everything, and even the like the the, the ominous look of Baby Yoda looking around while he's taking him to Werner Herzog, and or Werner Herzog or whatever his name, <laughs> Werner Herzog, <laughs> whatever. He's a warthog. I don't know. Burger Um, warthog. (laughs) Yes. So he takes him and he's just looking around and he's just, he's scared. You're like, don't let baby Yoda be scared. Joe, they made baby Yoda too cute. I cannot resist baby Yoda. I'm, I'm loving. This was the best episode of the season. And I found out that the director who's doing this, I believe is, is doing the Obi-Wan, like is going to be in charge of the Obi-Wan Kenobi TV show. So I'm, like, thrilled. I'm like, give me that Obi-Wan to Kenobi TV show now.
1: So a couple things. I uh, really like this episode as well. I think Mandalorian has been really, really good uh, so far. Um, the scene that you're talking about where he gives Baby Yoda to, uh, to Werner Herzog, and then he's on the ship, right? <laughs> mm mm-hmm. um, This actor, uh, who is the Mandalorian, Pedro Pascal, conveys so much with so little in that scene it's unbelievable he is wearing full body armor <laughs> his head and face are covered by a helmet and he gets across just from his body language just from his movements the sadness the 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 longing you know the the, the 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 mistake that he's making, like all these emotions are just coming across, and they're not doing it with cheesy music cues, and they're not doing it with whatever other things that lesser people would do. And I give credit, as you mentioned, to the director. I give credit to the actor. A great and powerful scene.
0: And you know what? He should. I didn't like it. He should have took his helmet off so he can emote with his face. Joe, haven't you seen any Spider-Man movie? Oh. I I'm with you. I they did a beautiful job and I think the lack of sound brought the the horror home. Instead of like you said any any background music would have been would have been wrong. But just like you said just slowly twisting the knob back on the lever, you just every movement was agony. Do you know what I mean? It was like fantastic. And just like I said, you know, it it was and it's the perfect like western shootout. I, I I love it. The one thing that I did see coming was like when uh because it's like from uh, like a Clint East movie, which they actually did use in Back to the Future two and three, is when Carl Weathers puts the the uh, the metal in his in his chest shirt pocket, and I'm like, oh, that's gonna that's gonna stop a bullet
1: <laughs> you know what i mean i'm
0: like i've seen this in many a western in my time so i laughed like when he shot him i'm like get up carl weathers get yourself
1: a piping hot stew and <laughs> go back to the bar and i bring this up because Pablo pascal apparently uh is playing maxwell lord in the new wonder woman movie oh have you
0: seen the hair it's very 80s maxwell lord fantastic no i
1: have not again i I don't need to see much about the Wonder Woman movie. I enjoyed the first Wonder Woman movie. I don't need to be sold to see uh, the second one. I'd like to see Maxwell Lord's 80s hair on the big screen for the first time.
0: I agree. I'm just hoping we get used car salesman Maxwell Lord and not murderous, uh, you know, like government espionage uh, Maxwell Lord. But I don't think we're getting used car Maxwell Lord.
1: No dealer
0: anyway used car dealer that's the way i always picture my maxwell lord
1: gotcha but uh yeah flash was good mandalorian was good this week hey hey yep so i guess that's everything eh i think that is everything yes all right so closing out the episode here for todd this is joe episode 478 in the books thank you for listening Have a happy Thanksgiving, and we'll see y'all here next week.
0: Remember be a faucet, not a drain.
1: Boop!
0: You're listening to the soon to be named network, the Lamborghini. Mm of Podcast Network.